Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, episode 112. The very famous, probably the very tired, <laughs> Ted Klopp, who went all over the country. He'll talk about that here soon. But uh, Ted, obviously a couple hats off to some former Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Browns, and Cleveland Cavaliers as we celebrate episode 112. Any number 12s that you can think of that are famous from any of those teams? Um, didn't Vinny Testaverde wear 12? You know what? I think he did. He was in one on my list. I kind of forgot about him. Well, part of my issue is I'm colorblind, so I wrote it in a different color pen. So, <laughs> Well, my favorite number 12 is not a member of a Cleveland team. Well, a Cleveland team, but not a professional team, would be uh, Joe Pickens. Would be oh, yes. Pull that out of the hat. One of the best. And I have a story to talk about one of their biggest rivals when Joe Pickens was was the quarterback for St. Ignatius about oh, yeah. Euclid High School. I spent some time there. We'll talk about that and out and about. Oh, I can't wait to hear what Robert, Robert Smith is up to. So number 12s, <laughs> we'll start with the Indians and slash, well, well just Indians. Robbie, Robbie Alomar. Well done. Any others? Uh, 12, 12, 12. Um... Uh, the only one I think you might get uh, is a more recent one. He was probably one of the better players we've had in a while. Not, and he not, left. not coming to me. Francisco Lindor. Oh, yes, of course. Boy, that's terrible on my part. I can't believe you didn't remember Jeff Mano. Oh, Jeff Manto. Yes. Or how about this one? Hard-hitting Mark Witten. Hard-hitting Mark Witten. used to – when we uh, – when they played at the old stadium – Tell you about ticket availability. I was growing up in Westlake. I would call a buddy of mine at 6.30, and I'd say, hey, do you want to go to the game? And he'd say, sure. And I'd pick him up at his house in Bay Village, and we would drive down to the stadium. We'd park in the Muni lot, buy our tickets, be in our seats well <laughs> before the, the start of the game, We'd have our foot-long hot dogs, and we'd watch people try to run on Mark Whitten in right that field. Is, that is classic. I do yep. miss some of those days. I had some ex very similar experiences. But, yeah, that was that was one of the bonuses with no one going there. You could just walk right in a couple minutes beforehand, especially That's during right. the week. Oh, yeah. Greg Swindell was another. Greg Swindell, he changed his number. He, he used did. To, yes, he, he did. He was 21. Yes. And then he switched to 12. Okay. Yep. Chad Curtis. Chad Curtis. Wow. Jeff Kent, who had a brief stint with us. Yeah. And then a guy who was actually a player, a coach, and then worked on the radio, Dave Clark. Remember Dave Clark? Vaguely, yes. 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 Yeah. So those are the fine uh, Indians players. Oh, Can you name boy. any Cavaliers? This one, this list is kind this, of tough. This is tough. Uh, no, I nothing's coming to mind. If you asked me the same question, never would get this. Brevin Knight, <laughs> Bimbo Coles, great name. Bimbo Coles. Kevin Ollie. Is Bimbo Coles the greatest name in the history of the Cavaliers? I mean, I mean, okay, World Be Free is up there, but I mean, come on, Bimbo Coles. It's pretty close. It's or I mean, I don't know. Booby Gibson is probably 
Yeah. It's just something that I think what what would it have been like to hear Joe Tate call a game with World B free, Bimbo Coles, and Booby Gibson? And then just throw in like Zadrina Silgaskis too, just like another obscure <laughs> name. Sasha, Sasha Pavlovic. Matthew Della Vadova. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be class. Maybe we could just recreate that ourselves. You can I think we could, yes. So uh, those are the Cavs. And then for the Browns, you, you mentioned Testaverde. You got any others? Uh, oh, well, Josh Gordon. I think Josh Gordon wore 12. I don't know who else. He did, yes. About some Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, oh, yes. John Cockroft. That's my brother's favorite player. Mm-hmm. Luke McCown. He started one game, I think. Or no, they tried to start him for a season. It didn't work. Are you uh, looking at me like I should have a reaction to that name? No. And Mike Woods, who got hurt, he's number current number twelve. He's hurt. He's out for the year. So, those are your jersey updates for episode one hundred and twelve. I can't believe this is one hundred twelve. By the way, so these are flying by. Well, I feel like I went on vacation with you. You you did a vacation and. You post a lot of things on Facebook, which is just absolutely amazing. Um, I know we certainly will talk about some things on Out and About, but how was your accommodations when you were on your trip? Well, let's see. Uh, it was interesting. We left on uh, Wednesday, try, uh, uh, try again, left on a Thursday and wanted to leave at like four o'clock. Didn't didn't happen i think we left at six or seven it was raining pretty heavily we got to columbus and decided to stop we were going to stop you know we weren't going to go much farther so figured let's stop in a big area made a reservation for a hotel on the old orbits there got to the hotel power out i said well is there a generator or are you just dark down here or what's going on no no it's dark in all the rooms sir I said, okay, need a, need a give me a refund. So they took care of that. Went to another hotel, just drove over to a area that had power, walked in. We can't take your res. We can't we can't book you, sir. Well, why not? Well, we have we we have no internet. Well, I don't need internet. I just need to sleep. No, no, no. We have no internet to take the the reservation. Oh. Go to the third hotel. They have power. They have internet. They just want us to stay on the fourth floor, and they don't have a working elevator. But we made that work. So that Climb was, the uh, yeah. Uh, we stopped in Nashville. No issues with any accommodations there. Got to the condo that we rented in uh, Florida, and had no internet and no television for the entire really? duration of the stay. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So was that because of lack of power or they just didn't have it? Well, no, there was an issue with Cox Cable. I don't know what the issue was. And we arrived on a Friday night and uh, they did not fix it before we left the following Friday. The cable so, service in Florida is Cox Cable, really? The cable service at Fort Walton Beach is. Wow. Interesting. Didn't know so, this. I mean, I don't know what the issue was, but I was led to believe that 
Cox needed to come out to look at things. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but it seems to me that you should be able to get somebody out of there, out, out to look at the problem sooner than a week. I'll say I that. would agree. And so you knew this going into this? Did they, no. Did you get we oh, knew you this when we arrived. Was there was okay. no internet. And when you turned on the TV, the thing said, call this number and refer to this error code. And they said, oh, oh we need to have somebody come out. And I said, well, I can't approve that. I'm not the property owner. So I talked to them the next day and they said, oh, so they offered us a different room or a $200 refund. Well, you got a refund at least. That's yeah, good. Yeah, we got a refund. So, and then uh, the Thursday we were there, we had woke up to no power. <laughs> that is the story of your trip. You Lacking of power. Lacking is this because power. of weather? Was this all weather uh, related? It was very windy down there, yes. So I'm guessing that a power line. But it was, wow. but it, I don't know what time. It happened overnight, and within an hour of being awake, it was back on. So it wasn't a huge, huge problem. So, yeah. But despite, despite uh, that's easy for me to say, despite not having power, yes. did you have an enjoyable time? We did. You? Yes, we did. Absolutely. Uh, a relaxing, enjoyable. We can talk about some of the things we did when we get to out and about, but the short answer, yes. Even though the temperature, I don't think, eclipsed 70. And wow. so it's a little hard to sit on the beach when it's 68 and windy. Uh, but, you know, we made the best of it. Had fun. Okay. Well, Ted, I'm glad you had a great time. It's nice to make those memories with your family and all that. But let's be honest. Not having power on vacation, isn't that similar to being at home? It's... <laughs> I... Uh... I mentioned that to my wife, and she didn't find that joke as funny as you and I find it. I'll tell you that. It's a classic. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, – yeah, it was more of a challenge for the kids because, you know, we play board games and things like that, but, they're you know, sometimes they want to uh, watch TV or get on the Internet or whatever. Right. So had to get the hotspot going, and then I hooked up uh, – my computer and we streamed some Disney plus. Oh, look at you. So beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. You get some, Man you get some Mandalorian in is what I'm asking. Oh yeah. We watched some Mandalorian. Absolutely. We did love that. Love show. Good. Yeah. yeah. Same here. It's a, it's a fan favorite. So, well, that's, uh, that's what we got. I'm sure we'll hear more about uh, your excursions and our out and about. We're also going to hear, about some overachievers, we've got uh, a Cleveland sports memory that might not be the most positive. Uh, Klops Clips, we're going to talk some rats and some public enemy number one. We have some good news, a dad joke, and more. So please, please stick around. And now, a woman's perspective. How does a man show a woman that he's planning for the future? He buys 10 cases of beer. This has been A Woman's Perspective. Ted, we have a few people we like to honor as overachievers. I love this. The first one is an Australian bodybuilder who did 3,182 push-ups in one hour. Lucas Heimke, 
did over 53 push-ups a minute to claim the record. Oh, my. 33 years old. That's pretty impressive. 3,182 push-ups in one hour. 53 in a minute. I don't think I could do 53 in a day. I've been working out, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not at a point where I can even. I've been working on walking upstairs, but that's a different story. (laughs) Well, we also have a 10 year old in China who broke a uh, Guinness record juggling a soccer ball with his feet 8,147 times in an hour. Uh, Tang Jafan alternated feet as he juggled the ball to win that title. Tang Jafan, 8,147 soccer ball juggles on alternating. That's a lot of, that's a lot of good work. Yeah. Well, Ted, I might have one that could even be better than that. Okay. So a German man claimed a speed drinking record when he drank a Capri Sun pouch in 10.4 seconds. (laughs) Andre Ortolf holds several Guinness World Records for speed eating and speed drinking. Uh 10 seconds for a Capri Sun. We've had a lot of these, and I've kind of said, I don't know. I might have a chance with that. Yeah, that doesn't seem terribly fast. 10 seconds. Capri. I mean, I, I, my, my kids still get Capri Suns for lunch. I don't know. I think I, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll record There's that. Some one. research. You know See, report back to us on that. Maybe Ten you, seconds. maybe you, can be an overachiever. Cleveland, this is for you. Time for another Cleveland sports history segment. We'll bring in Dusty Sloan, our Cleveland sports historian. Dusty, not a very fun or wonderful time for the Browns, but something we need to talk about. It's from March 3rd, 1996. The Cleveland Browns choose a new name, the Baltimore Ravens. I will speak no more and hand the (laughs) mic to you. Thank you. I've got got a lot to say on this topic. Um, First of all, Let's make something perfectly clear because it seems like the media every year gets this wrong. Bill Belichick was not fired by the Cleveland Browns. He was fired by the Baltimore, whatever you called them before they were the Ravens because they were in Baltimore at that point. So let's get that out of the way. Second of all, obviously with the Ravens name and everything else, we knew months before that, that the franchise was leaving and people were trying to get the name and the colors and the history and all that back. So we knew at some point we were, I don't know if it was at that point that we were going to get the history back, but they did change the name. Um, Purple's good where I'm working right now at Ashton University. The, <laughs> their Baltimore Ravens purple's a different thing. So uh, I see red when I see that particular purple. But uh, I still say even this this many years later, we're coming up on, what, 30 years almost that this has happened. I still say that the Ravens shouldn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know that you want to answer this one, Dusty, but I'll throw it out there. Do you recall what the process was or how they came up with the the new name and or colors? I don't because I was just well, <laughs> back back then I was 18, 19 years old and I lost my football team. So I didn't care what they did. They could have called them anything. But I mean, did it, I 
might have had something to do with Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Who cares? Right. Yeah, that's kind of where it's at. Well, interesting time, Dusty, and obviously a lot of transition with the team. And then obviously, the, you know, they have the name of the Ravens in 96. I guess the question I have to kind of move away from that and talk about when the Browns did come back in 99, what was your thoughts? I mean, did you did you have an idea that the Browns are going to come back? Did you have an idea that, you know, we're going to see Browns football again? What, at that time, what was your thoughts going through your head after this whole thing happened? I, I figured that the fan base, as great as it is and still is, wasn't going to just sit around and let this happen. So I figured that in some form or fashion, the Browns were going to return. Now, obviously it wasn't the same. You kept the history, you kept the colors, you kept the name, but it obviously wasn't going to be the same because it was an expansion team. There was going to be growing pains. And let's face it, gentlemen, we're 20 some years into this and we're still having growing pains, but (laughs) it just wasn't going to be the same, even though the history was combined. So and the other thing that I've that's been kind of overlooked in this transition, I've said this for years, is you the Browns lost almost not an entire generation, but three, four years of kids growing up and being fans of other teams because the Browns weren't there to watch. Yeah, that's good. So point. you lost three to four years of kids going out and playing in the yard and wanting to be Bernie Kosar or Derek Alexander or Steve Everett and wearing Browns colors because they weren't seeing them. So you were also doing that from scratch. So there is an irreparable harm that was done that way as well, not just on the field. I uh, uh, I agree, Dusty, although I think that the uh, Cleveland Indians, um, I don't know that they were happy to see the Browns leave, but uh, they certainly capitalized on that absence because they had the the greatest – baseball run in in modern Cleveland sports history. Now I mentioned that, but I want to go back to something Ken mentioned the expansion team. I'll ask either of you, if you know this question, who was the first member of the Cleveland Browns expansion team? Player wise. I know who player wise. -wise. Well, the the first player that was picked was Jim Pine, right? That's right. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Pine. Correct. How excited we were to get! Uh, oh my gosh, there was public hall was full of people, and oh, you covered that right. You were at that. You were at. Public oh, hall I was there. That, yeah, I was just thinking we got the scraps from some for the guys nobody else wanted, or you know they couldn't afford or whatever. And so, I mean, yeah, he worked out pretty well. I think he started for a few years, but yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, there there is one part of the expansion draft that people forget, however. Yeah. Who who was available for the Browns and they didn't take him? Uh well, uh go ahead. Kurt Warner. Oh, oh geez. <laughs> the Rams left him unprotected because he was a backup at that point. He hadn't started yet, and they didn't know what they had, and he was available and we didn't take him. Well, I hate to say I uh, I agree, but I have a feeling that uh, if he'd have come to Cleveland. Uh, he he might have wound up like Tim Couch, right? <laughs> but uh, we had Chris Spielman, though we did have him. Yeah, in the what, preseason he games, he played no games. He got yeah, the preseason and retired. Yep, there it is. Well, Greatest middle linebacker in expansion history. Yep. But what, well, gentlemen, what that, what that also did was it set up Wally Rainier to play for a long time. That's mm-hmm. true. It did. Yeah, he was a good player. 
Boy, we're just bringing the names right out. Uh, Dusty knows the names. Yeah. About that. Who, all right, last one. Who's the Who's the first quarterback at that time for the Browns? It wasn't Tim Couch. It was Ty Detmer. That's exactly That's right. right. Started the first game back. That's right. The pride of BYU. Had Drew Carey on the field and everything, and just it just didn't work. It just got so, shellacked. Shellacked. Yeah. So, by the Steelers of all teams, too. Yes. That was classic. Well, well who else would you want to play? <laughs> Well, Dusty, thanks for your time. Nice to go back and at least reminisce about some some different times with the Browns as we talk about the Cleveland Browns choosing a new name at the time. We're not the Cleveland Browns. They became the Baltimore Ravens back in 1996. Thanks again, Dusty. Thanks, guys. Cleveland! This is for you! Ted, we're out and about Northeast Ohio, the Florida area, Florida, Nashville, a host of other places, Ashland, Ohio. It's time for out and about segment. I'll kind of try to make this quick. I have a combination of things that I did between, I feel like you, attending kids' activities (laughs) as well as eating and drinking. So first one is uh, my son had a track meet at Euclid High School. So I, I spent some time oh. there. I love track and field, but as you know, there's a lot of time that you can walk around to do things. So I took in the Euclid High School campus. I was looking for a bronze statue of Robert Smith. I didn't find it. But I did come across the Euclid High School football stadium, which I'm not sure if you've been to or not. They have two stadiums, one that has their track, that's their old field. And then they have a new turf football field, newer, I should say. Oh, it's it's around like it's 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 like a, an actual stadium. That's not like one side or the other. There's actual round. And on the top of the press box was someone that was on our podcast, John oh. Tellich. Oh, my. Yeah. Yep. It's got the press box named after him. It's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Good Very cool him. stuff. Good for him. Did not see Robert Smith. I was hoping to. By the way, he's probably the greatest high school football player i've ever seen in person hands hard to hard to argue that one we celebrated dingus day as everyone oh, else yes hey, hey you can't came out watch your mouth please a lot of skis out there we actually <laughs> opted with my brother and his wife my parents my sister was in town with her little ones and her husband we went to the schnitz ale house in parma ohio on pearl road not sure if you've been there or not it is division one Super nice people. They're making their own beer. They have really good food. We had a great time. They had a gentleman playing the accordion, and it was fun. We had a really, really good time. So I would highly recommend checking that out. Um, Let me see. Parma Cafe. I was at the Parma Cafe on Ridge Road. Did we ever spend time there together? No, but that just that I just have this feeling that there are so many stories in that. And that oh location. my gosh! Well, here's the that, biggest story. This, that seems this like the, the neighborhood barber shop you go to to yes. find out what's really going on. Hundred percent correct. It's like less than a half mile from St. Charles Borromeo, where I grew up and went to school and church and all that. It is just a great place. I was there when, unfortunately, a friend of ours um, from the paddle community passed away. He was a longtime football coach, so we had a gathering there to kind of celebrate his life and all that. But it was shocking. This was an all cash bar for years. 
And now they take a credit card. I almost fell off my chair. I literally I couldn't believe it, but it was a it, it was a great place. They don't have food. It's just drinks, but it's just a great hometown bar. I highly recommend that. Some of the same characters you've heard before. Griffin Cider House, LBM, Dover Gardens, Panini's sibling revelry. Also went to Shell Creek to celebrate my son's confirmation, which was very nice. They treated us very well as there. And I want to give a, a shout out to a local business. There's many different ones in the area. Conrad's. Do you know the, the company Conrad's? I do know Conrad's. You do know Conrad's. I had, after the Ashton University Alumni Awards, which actually I saw the father of one of the people on our podcast, uh, William Croyle, who I yes. believe you went to school with. I did, yes. yes. I saw his son, Vincent, who was on our podcast. Um, he's doing very well as well. He's writing another book, so we might have to talk to him at some point. Yep. After the fine festivities and luncheon, I had the flat tire. So I had to... I'm not sure when's the last time you've had to do this, jack the car up and take the tire off and put the donut on and all that. I'm not that skilled. As many people know, that took me like, I don't know, 35 to 40 minutes. And the best part about it, I'm wearing a full suit, <laughs> and I sweated through it. So that was great. I, I loved it. But afterwards, uh, I was able to come home and took my car to Conrad's and I was able to get a new tire and they did a great job. So hats off to them and appreciate their service. But uh, those are the out and abouts that I have. I'm looking. Yep. That's all of them. That's well, all we, of them. We had some uh, fine seafood in the Fort Walton beach area. Just tremendous. Uh, crab. Uh, you know, we, 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 we indulged on the uh, seafood side of things. Does your wife know you have crabs? Uh, that's a we don't want to talk that's a different that. I'm sorry different types yes, of crabs yes. my bad uh my uh wife wanted to sit on the beach and it never got to 70 degrees but by golly we sat on that beach good for you almost got blown away by the wind and uh my uh kids my wife got a, a little metal detector and so they were running around trying to figure that out and things oh, like how fun that. that was neat I uh, played a lot of mini golf, uh, did some go-karts, went to the Air Force Armament Museum twice because my son was, my middle son was so fascinated by that. That was pretty cool. And uh, just uh, had a good time. I would say one of the big highlights on the way down, we stopped in Nashville and went to a Nashville Predators game. Oh, that's right. And... They have some unique chants that they do during the game. This is like a soccer game. And so the Predators beat the uh, the Avs. And every time the Predators score, they play, uh, I like it, I love it, I want some more of it. Okay. And then that dovetails into another song. And during the offbeats of that, they chant, they point at the goalie for the other team and they say, hey, you suck. Hey, you <laughs> suck. Jeez. And I looked at my wife and the look on her face was just terribly memorable. And then once the uh, song finishes and they announce the goal, you know, the goal by number 52, uh, Joe Blow, they say, 
they they take the name of the goalie like, hey, Smith, it's all your fault. Hey, Smith, it's all your fault. We're gonna beat the hell out of you. Oh my gosh, that's oh, yeah. that's classic. Well, they are predators, so they got to be a little aggressive. Yeah, so that was quite memorable, and um, I would say one of the highlights, along with anybody who follows me on Facebook, there was another highlight, and that would be the washing of the windows of the car. And that's you got to look at my <laughs> Facebook for that one. That was we had. Uh, Trying to corral three kids, get trying to get them into the car. They all wanted to wash the windows, and my wife just put her head down on the steering wheel. And I think that was at least a half hour at the pump. Oh my! So, awesome. Out and about, right there, baby. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. Ken, news you need. The city of New York has hired its first rat czar. This is a follow-up. You know, we don't just tell you part of a story. We follow up and give you the whole story. That's the way it should be. This is what we provide. That's right. Thank you. You may recall that we told you that they were looking for a rat czar. Well, they found one. Kathleen Karate is a former school teacher whose title is... Her title is Director of Rodent Migration. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'd like to put that on your business card. New York City Mayor Eric Adams called rats public enemy number one. Now, help me out here. I thought New York public enemy number one was Donald Trump. (laughs) Anyhow, we we don't want to get into politics here. No. Uh, karate going to be responsible for creating a rat migration plan while coordinating city agencies to find rats, cut off their food, and exterminate them. Rat sightings in the city have jumped 74% in the last three years. I think what would make this absolutely amazing if Kathleen's last name was spelled like the word karate. K-A-R-A-T-E. <laughs> Because she is just going to chop down those rats. I love it. Go, go. Get it done. A Massachusetts family hit three $100,000 Keno winners using the same numbers all three times. And this happened in three weeks. Trisha Johnson first played the consecutive numbers 1 to 10, winning on March 22nd. A week later, she used the same formula, won another hundred grand. A week after that, her son replicated his mother's success, hitting the same digits again for another $100,000. Congrats to them. Yeah. If it works, keep doing it. That's right. It's not broke. Don't fix it. Paul Wilkinson recently boarded a flight from Portugal to Ireland and discovered that he was the only one on the plane. He was the passenger, the only one. Flight cost him 143 bucks. His luggage was not lost. So he flew by himself in what was essentially a private plane. Flew, wound up being first class, I'm sure. His wife met him in Ireland, coming in on a flight that was quite full and cramped. Oh, okay. Interesting. Arnold Schwarzenegger shared a video of himself and a crew filling in a depression on a Los Angeles street. 
Schwarzenegger encouraged people to fix a problem instead of complaining about it, so he attempted to follow his own advice there. Unfortunately for Arnold, the the depression that he patched was actually a trench that had been dug out for utility work. And uh, the site is awaiting a permanent paving fix now. That's not the pothole. <laughs> it's not the pothole. I won't be back. Oh my, that's absolutely <laughs> <nuts>. <laughs> Oh. Here you go. Sports scores ten to one, eight to three, five to four, three to two. Here you go. I'm okay. Ted Klopp. That's news to me. Ted, we have some good news. Police in Oregon say traffic came to a standstill recently and people were getting out of their cars on I-5 all to grab some of an estimated 200 grand. Oh, investigators say hundred dollar bills were flying around. Thanks to 38 year old Colin McCarthy. McCarthy told officers he was doing well and wanted to bless others with gifts of money. What? Police warned McCarthy <laughs> that he could have faced criminal charges. <laughs> the money, the money is believed to have come from McCarthy's family shared bank account. Oh, that is one of the oddest stories I think I've heard in a long time. So the guy's got a lot of cash. Yeah, apparently. Besides, he's just going to throw it in the air so people can get it. And why not do it on a freeway? My gosh. Don't get, why, why bother with one of those cash machines? Don't set that up in like the Walmart parking lot. Just let's go on I-5 and do it there. <laughs> I mean, that is good news for many folks that got some of the cash. Yeah, bad he news. He can also be McCarthy named family. Idiot of the Week. He could be named Idiot of the Week. <laughs> oh, no, not a dad joke. Ken, where do you learn to make banana splits? I don't know. Sunday school. That joke was horrible. Ken, we're coming to the end of episode 112. <clears throat> Hard to believe. Now, I thought this might be interesting. We talk about how parents are at times glorified Uber drivers. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes. I have many conversations with my friends about this quite often. So, as you know, I spent a lot of time at hockey rinks. Well, hockey's over. But sports never stop in our family. So I'm going to run down for you now the, the travel, the, 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 the responsibilities we have for next week for uh, uh, shuttling kids to activities. And I'm not saying I'm any different than any other mom or dad. I just thought this might be interesting. So let's start on Sunday, April 23rd. We have a hockey clinic from 8.45 to 9.45 for two kids. Then from 10 to 11, we have another hockey clinic for another kid. At noon, we have uh, a soccer game for one kid. And at 12.45, we have a lacrosse game for uh, uh, one of the kids. That's Sunday. Let's move to Monday. Monday, we have an orthodontist appointment at uh, 3.30. I wish you luck on that. 
We have a, thank you, we have a uh, hockey clinic from 7.30 to 8.45. Tuesday, uh, one of the kids has lacrosse at 6 to 7.30. Another one has baseball at the same time. And then the one who has baseball, we got to run him from baseball over to hockey for 7.30 to 8.30. On Wednesday, we have a lacrosse game from 6 to 7. And then 90 minutes later, we have a goalie clinic for two kids. And then on uh, uh, Thursday, we have one kid has an orthodontist appointment at 2, a speech therapy evaluation at 3.30, baseball practice at 4.30. We have another kid who has lacrosse practice at 6. And then we have a kid who has Boy Scouts at 7. Whoa. And let's round it out on Friday. We have golf at 5 o'clock for one kid and a baseball practice for another at 6.15. Were you taking notes? I, I did. Luckily, There's you have an Outlook calendar. Later. Luckily, you have an Outlook calendar that you <laughs> can put all that stuff in there because God knows I would never. How did our parents do it, Ken? I mean, you had you had yourself and two siblings. How did they get everybody yeah. when there was no Outlook? I don't know. This is amazing to me. You wrote it down. That's basically what it was. It was written down on the calendar. My mom still does that to this day. She writes everything on the calendar. So my question for you, this reminds me of my time with the man who I actually miss seeing on a regular basis, Roger Lyons. Remember Roger Lyons? The how could I coach? forget Roger Lyons? Hey there, Ted, how you doing? That's how his voice were. And all the coaches that I ever talked to seem like they sound like that. You need to have a schedule like he did. So he would, this is how organized he was. He had a schedule that he would hand to myself, Dr. Al King, the uh, athletic director at Ashton University, and then obviously Bill Goldring. He would hand him a schedule each week of everything that he was doing with the team and then himself, starting from eight o'clock until he went to bed. It would include the following, restroom breaks and when he would be eating. I'm not kidding you. So my question for you is you need to schedule in restroom breaks and when you're going to eat with that schedule that you just gave me. So I'm concerned about your eating. What would what would Coach Lyons do if he had an unscheduled restroom break? Would he have That's to a good question. Calendar? I don't if you want my honest opinion, knowing how he was and how regimented he was, he would not have an unscheduled. Wouldn't take an unscheduled restroom. He would not. Okay. Specifically if it was during practice. Wow. So Classic. You need to get to that point. You've got to, that, that is a lot of events, my friend. That's, That's off to you and your wife. That is with three, three young kids and all that. And I hate to tell you this. It doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get any easier as they get older. There's more activities and all that fun stuff. So, wow. Hats off. <clears throat> Special thanks to Dusty Sloan. Always solid, giving us some great sports information. And Ted, thanks for the time. I'm glad you guys got back safe. I'm glad you had some great memories. And uh, we look forward to talking to everyone in two weeks. Sorry for the inability to have our oh, podcast yeah. on the regular scheduled time. But once again, life got in the way. So we just moved to the following week. Ted, just want to make sure you don't forget, we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.